Chapter Twenty Two of The Shadow of a Sin by Bertha M. Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two The search that Adrian Darcy made proved as unsatisfactory as that which had been conducted by Colonel Lennox. Do what he would, Adrian could find no trace of Hyacinth. He was not long in procuring a copy of the Lodestone Journal and there, in simple, truthful words, he read her story. His first feeling was one of intense indignation against Claude Lennox. She is so young, he said to himself. So young and so easily led. Her very simplicity ought to have been her shield. How could he betray the trust she placed in him? Then he saw what was said of Claude. He was young, handsome, gifted, eagerly sought after, greatly admired. It was not to be wondered at that a girl who had led the retired, dull, monotonous life of Hyacinth Vaughan should have been dazzled by him and have placed implicit faith in him. But after all, she did not love him. If she had, she would not have repented of her elopement before it was concluded. She would not have returned home. It had been but a temporary charm after all, she had doubtless been captivated by his handsome face. Youth invariably loves youth. It must have been a novelty to her, living as she did in the midst of old people, who, though kind, were cold and formal, to meet someone lively, gay and fascinating. It was not wonderful that she should let her calmer, better judgment sleep and act under his influence. It was such a simple story, and she had told it so clearly, with such humble acknowledgment of her own fault in every word, with such an entire conviction, that in coming forward to save Claude Lennox, she had lost every hope in life, that his heart ached as he read. He could picture that fair sweet face, with its sorrowful eyes and quivering lips, the centre of all observation in that crowded court. He could almost feel the shock and the horror that had mastered her when she found that she must appear in public and tell the story that she had never dared to tell, even him. My poor Hyacinth, he said. Oh, if she had but trusted me, if she had but trusted me, if she had but told me herself of this error and not left me to hear it from others. I can forgive that half-elopement. It was but the shadow of a sin, after all, repented of before it was half-committed, and atoned for by bitter suffering. But I find it hard to forgive her for not having trusted me. Then again he remembered how young, how shy, how timid she was. I must not be hard on her, even in my thoughts, he said. Perhaps she intended to tell me when she was more at her ease with me. Then, as the simple story of her heroism told upon him, he ceased to think of her fault, and was lost in admiration of her courage. How many there are, he thought, who would have let the prisoner take his chance, and would have thought more of saving their reputation than of preserving his life. How simple and brave, how true and loyal she is. Oh, Cynthia, my lost love, if you had but trusted me. He took up the times, and there he found the story told again. All notice of her fault was quite hidden, by the admiration expressed for her courage, her unselfish heroism, her undaunted bravery. If I could but find her, he said, 
find her and tell her the world admires instead of condemning her he understood better than anyone her sensitive disposition he knew that she would deem herself all unworthy that she would look upon herself as lost to home to friends to hope to happiness to love he knew how her tender conscience magnified even trifling faults and his heart grew heavy for her where was she what was she doing what would become of her he redoubled his efforts but they were all in vain after days and weeks fruitlessly spent he returned to Bergheim, having no good news to tell by the stately baronet and his wife adrian's story was heard without one comment lady vaughan's fair old face grew cold and sad did she the child i trusted deceive me so far as to leave my roof with a stranger tell me no more adrian my heart is heavy and sore this is the first taint that has ever fallen on the vaughans you must not call it a taint cried adrian do not forget how young she was how full of poetry and romance how easily persuaded a girl like hyacinth would be but as a reed in the hands of claude lennox the vaughans are never weak adrian they have ever been a brave and noble race not one of them has been braver more noble than hyacinth cried adrian hotly i do not say that she is without fault or that she is not to blame but i do say the atonement made far exceeds the fault think of the courage required of a young girl like her to stand up in a public court and tell the story of an error like hers even though it was so quickly repented of think of the shame said lady vaughan with a shudder but adrian would not have it so he told lady vaughan what the newspaper said of her granddaughter to me remarked the lady it is almost immaterial whether the papers praise her or blame her the disgrace lies in such a name as hers being in the papers at all but sir arthur was not quite so hard she must have been very dull at queen's chase he said i have often thought so there was not a young face about the place but hers that young lennox is very handsome and just the man to take a girl's fancy you have used the right word sir arthur observed adrian he did stir her fancy but not her heart he stirred her imagination i have no doubt that in his eloquent way he made her believe that in leaving home she was doing something grand and heroic see how quickly her better judgment came to her aid and how quickly she repented of her error it is very noble of you to defend her said lady vaughan but but i cannot hold with you she was the dearly loved child of my old age all my hopes rested on her i thought i had preserved her like a lily in the shade and the result of all my care was an elopement a public appearance in the court of justice oh adrian say no more to me say no more he found it was useless to defend hyacinth the proud and stately old lady could not brook the idea no lady mind i mean no true lady ever makes a public sensation the child has ruined blighted her whole life 
and no one can help her but even lady vaughan after her first resentment had died away began to share adrian's uneasiness it would have been better she said if the child had returned to us and lived it down it dawned upon her at last as it did upon all of them that hyacinth believed herself cut off from them for ever it shows at least said lady vaughan how keenly she felt the enormity of the wrong done as the long months passed on and no news came of hyacinth the hot proud anger died from lady vaughan the fair old face grew wistful and sad her grandchild's offence grew less in her eyes and the great atonement made grew greater and then other events happened lord chandon died and then adrian was obliged to return to england sir arthur absolutely refused to remain at bergheim without him we must go home some time my lady he said why not now after all i think you exaggerate what you call the disgrace let us go people i am sure will not distress us by even mentioning the matter and sir arthur was right whatever opinions might have been expressed among the inhabitants of oakton they had one and all too much respect for the stately mistress of queen's chase to speak their minds before her it was understood that miss vaughan preferred remaining abroad so there was nothing more to be said no one knew how sorely the sweet face was missed from the old mansion or what long hours lady vaughan spent in wondering what had become of hyacinth sir arthur and his wife settled down to the old life again but they found out then how much brightness had vanished with the fair face they missed so sorely the new lord chandon took possession of his estate there was no difficulty about it he was the direct heir and the old lord had always spoken of him as his successor he took possession of chandon court with its magnificent rent-roll and its thousand treasures of art but despite his wealth his position and his grandeur lord adrian was the most unhappy of men he would have given all he had and all he ever hoped to enjoy to find hyacinth vaughan he would have poured out his wealth like water so that he might find her but long months had passed now since the day on which she disappeared and no news had been heard of her yet end of chapter twenty two